text today, Paul gives advice as to how your words can carry more weight. Mm. We all have different weight to our words. Some of us, our words weigh a little bit more. Some of us, not so much. And Paul (laughs) says, well, here's how your words can weigh a little bit more. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. I'll go ahead and start reading in verse one. So we're we're starting over again, 2 Corinthians. We like to do that. We just... We believe it's a really good way for Not us to we. learn. My dad likes to do that. Well, okay. I'm joking. So. <laughs> I, I, I've bought in. At first, I was like, why are we doing this again? But no, I get it. It's, it is that st- statistic that you retain. Even if you read a book, hear a sermon, you retain the knowledge, 20% of what you hear, if you were to read it twice. 20%. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, we should read this a second time. The, the reading it at when you're familiar with it is what helps because there's always some familiarity there, and now it's a reminder. Yeah. So verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, I am writing to God's church in Corinth. Remember that word church, it means gathering, God's gathering, God's people in Corinth and to all of his holy people throughout Greece. May God, and the holy people there, that's the, if you're using an ESV, it's the word saint. That's actually the meaning of saint. It's God's special, unique people that he set apart. It doesn't mean somebody who is canonized or voted in yeah. by a group of bishops. We, <laughs> If you belong to Jesus, you are a saint. Remember AIM or AOL Messenger? All yeah. Kids would like yeah. sign on. I'm, one of my screen names was Saint Z when I was like middle school. And my friend's mom had came up to me. She's like, that's just really cocky. I said, why? She's like, like you think you're like a saint like in the church? It's like, well, actually, according to the, I was a punk, punk, mid, yeah. punk middle schooler, but... <laughs> All right, uh, verse two, may God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. So you've gone through difficult times. He expects you to be there for others who are going through difficult times. This is part of being in the body of Christ. It's that interlocking of our roots. In fact, it's really cool for you. Uh, you know the the redwood trees out in California? Yeah. And uh, I've never seen them. I, I've always wanted to go to that national, I think it's the National Forest, I would guess, yeah, it is, yeah. National yeah. Park. Always wanted to go there, but I, I've read some interesting things about the redwood tree, that it has the most shallow root system of any tree. And if a redwood were standing in, the field all by itself, it would not, it, because it is so tall, it would take very little wind to blow it over. It would just blow over easily. Yeah. But the reason the redwoods are so old, and they are, they're ancient trees, hundreds of years old, is because their roots are interlocking. Mm-hmm. And so one redwood tree, it's like it's, its roots are so interlocking that it's one with these dozens and even hundreds of other trees that the whole forest would have to be upended in order for that one tree to be knocked over. Yeah. And that's the picture of the church. That's what he is saying is that you are to be interlocking your roots with one another and showing the same kind of comfort that God has given to you in the trials that you have. Now you do that for others. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation for when we ourselves are comforted, we certainly can comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. So he's saying in the same way that you're coming alongside us in the difficulties we're having, that you can also then receive the comfort that God gives to us. We think uh, 
we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead, which comes up later in this book, which we looked at a couple of days ago, that it's because of the difficulties that we're going through that we are able to be lifted up and we, we rely on God in a greater way. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, verse 10. He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue, rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. I'll let you pick up in verse 12. We can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. That is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. Our letters have been straightforward. and There's nothing written between the lines. Ooh. Why we need to change the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like that. And nothing you can't understand. <laughs> yeah. says, I hope someday you will fully understand us. Even if you don't understand us now, then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you'll be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. It is kind of cool. I, I, you see a high emotional intelligence with Paul in mm-hmm. his writings because, I mean, toward the end of this chapter, he's going to say, I'm going to rebuke, you know, you know there's going to be severe rebuking. Like he gets into it. But he also talks about his pride in, in some of them mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That's a that's a sign of a an emotionally intelligent person because somebody who struggles with emotional intelligence is is going to just veer one way or the other here. Yeah, this is somebody who can who can navigate both emotions in the same conversation. Well, and they're accepting of the harsh words that he has for them because they know that he's got their back no matter what. Yeah, he's on their side. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice. First on my way to Macedonia, and again when I returned from Macedonia, then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make plans carelessly? Do you think I am like the people of this world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. That, that's where he's talking about his weight, weight mm-hmm. of words. As some people, right. their words just don't weigh much because they make commitments and they break them. They say mm-hmm. things they don't mean. And Paul's saying, I don't do that at all. I say what I mean and I do what I say. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one from whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ for the resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own, placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Which again comes up later in the book, which we talked about a couple of days ago. That is, what, are, what is the examine? We're to examine ourselves and see if we're in, we're in the faith. And how, how do we know that we are in the faith? Well, he speaks of the guarantee that we've been given with the Holy Spirit bearing witness and living within us. Yeah, That yeah. is the guarantee of our faith. So now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. That's where I'm pointing out. Like before mm-hmm. he's like, I'm proud of some of you. And he's like, I <laughs> sparing you from a severe rebuke. Yeah. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you'll be full of joy 
for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. That's good. And he'll continue that thought right in uh, chapter two, which we'll look at tomorrow. Right. And so we're going to, we're back into Proverbs again. Now we finished Psalms yesterday. And so back into Proverbs. And I love, most of you know that I just love Proverbs. I love the wisdom that is given in this book. And uh, some good things here, but the, I want to start off with verse 7. Uh, uh, Proverbs 27, we want you to read the whole chapter. And again, that repetition is going to be really good for you. But read the whole chapter, chapter 27. Verse interesting. Uh, verse 7 is very interesting. It says, Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. I'm interested to see why you chose this one, Dad, because it just kind of seems like a... I don't know, like a random fact. Well, and Solomon <laughs> does a lot of that. He just points out some of these principles in life that are good for us to know, good for us to remember, because I think that in America, we have so much. It's that that old adage that too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And we have so much that we have a hard time enjoying. It, it, it's amazing to me that people are, there's so little happiness when we have it so great, it's like a comedian I heard, you know, uh, some years ago talking about how people have such a difficult time enjoying a flight. They're complaining about everything. Oh, we were like, those are like cattle pushers. We're so crammed onto those little tubes. And stop and think about this. You are 30,000 feet in the air flying 600 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Every human being who has ever lived, that was like a dream to be able to do something like that. You're flying 600 miles an hour. You know, within a couple of hours, you get you can go 1,000, 2,000 miles away. This is amazing we get to do this. But all we do is complain about it. Yeah. And this is just that principle that reminds me again, especially as Americans, we have so much, but we appreciate so little. That's what Solomon is saying. Yeah. So maybe... This could be a reminder to us to take a step back a little bit and teach ourselves even to go without. I used to, you know, I used to tell your grandparents, you wouldn't have liked this, but that because they would, you know, lavish all the gifts. But I actually, at one point I said, I really want my kids to have the privilege of going without Mm -hmm. that. We just have too much. Okay, I got to point out some hypocrisy, Dad, because you do that with my kids, and then when well, I say something, yeah, it's, well, oh, the grumpy dad here. <laughs> well, there's some truth to that, but I'm a grandpa now, too, and so okay. it's a little bit different. <laughs> and uh, um, you turned out well. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I refuse, honey. But the, the fact of the matter is that I think there's times when we just have to sit back and remember, remind ourselves, man, God's been good to me. I have it really well. And the and to bring up cuz this pr- this principle is all about the lack of appreciation. Yeah. That when we get too much, we wind up not appreciating what we have and we can't enjoy it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, make it a good day today. Yeah. Appreciate what you have. I just looked it up. It's National Chocolate Milk Day, so maybe drink mm-hmm. a glass of chocolate milk. I, I don't know. <laughs> make it a good day today and we look forward to being with you tomorrow.